The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Dog fouling. Uh, first and foremost, though, this is research compiled by the National Council for the Blind, Kerry County Council. They have issued about 31 fines, or rather, they did last year. But 11 other local authorities nationwide, including two in the capital, issued not one, not a single fine. Well, Claire Byrne is a councillor in Dublin City for the Green Party. Uh, Claire, it, it must be great to live in a city where there's so little dog poo on the streets that two local authorities don't have to fine anyone. Yeah, I wish that was the case. I think we all know it's the complete opposite um, and that the dog poo issue in the city is uh, has been bad for a very long time and I think it's actually got worse in the last couple of years. Um, I think there's more dog ownership since COVID um, and then that sort of combined with the lack of resources in Dublin City Council means that uh, we have a real problem on our hands and it needs to be dealt with quickly um, and are uh, like really abysmal figures when it comes to fine enforcement is is something that needs to be addressed immediately. Uh, how often is this an issue that comes across your desk? All the time. Um, every local election is the issue that comes up in the doors. It's probably one of the top issues that we get contacted about as well. And because it is a real problem, it's visually unpresent, obviously, but it's a health and safety issue, um, particularly a problem uh, for people with any sort of disability. If you're a wheelchair user, if you're visually impaired, parents with buggies, kids on scooters and bikes on the footpaths. Um, and I think every neighbourhood thinks it's unique to their own area, but it's really not. Mm. And, it's, and as I said, it's a huge problem across the city. And we need to start looking at actions that we can take in order to address this. And so, um, uh, this is why. Yeah, it's just, it's just like a huge problem across the city. That has been the case and right across the country for a long time. As you say, it probably has gotten worse uh, because of COVID and the amount of people who got dogs maybe weren't used to keeping dogs and walking dogs during COVID. Yeah, we've all these local authorities, including two in the capital, who have an issue to find. Why is that? What What is preventing some local authorities doing what they have done in Kerry? And I'm not suggesting Kerry have cracked this nut completely either. 31's on a huge amount over the course of a year, but it's an awful lot more than most. Yeah, and I do think if you go outside Dublin, it is, it is, it is like very obviously less of an issue. Um I think part like resources is a problem in Dublin City Council, but enforcement is challenging as well. A, we don't have enough uh, litter wardens on the ground anyway, so we need to address that. But secondly, enforcement is very difficult because um, people very often give false details. So you've no way of tracing people. Then you also have an individual usually on their own dealing with somebody with a dog. So that can be quite intimidating as well. Um, but that we do need to find solutions to that um, and I think that you know fines do exist litter fines exist but nobody has any fear because for this very reason because you never hear of anyone actually being fined 150 euro and having to pay it so I think we need to possibly increase the fines but enforcement absolutely has to be key um, and this is why the Greens are calling for community wardens to look at a range of issues around litter but also uh, parking and traffic incidents within the city as well but you know dog waste being part of that also mm. and I think that would be part of the solution uh, but particularly when it comes to dog waste you know we, we have to start looking at more innovative solutions as well like everybody has to have a dog license everyone has their dog chips there has to be ways that you can trace the owner if, pers- if a person is caught in the act other places, including Leitrim, are looking at DNA testing. Quite an early stage solution. Um, you know, it does require a very detailed database that would need to be built up over time. But the other other um, other cities in uh, around Europe and in the UK have found that quite successful. Um, I know in Spain they 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 have a fifteen hundred euro fine. 
but or if you can't pay that then you actually have to do street cleaning duties yourself as well which is another initiative um, that, so that, 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 just, now that's an idea I think a lot of people would like the sound of kind of restorative justice uh, when it comes to dog fouling a uh, fine yeah, and, and out there with the old pooper scooper cleaning up the streets I know. I think it's something that could be considered, and this is why um, I've pushed for a dogways committee to be set up on Dublin City Council um, for a period of six months to look at these sort of best practice, best practice solutions that are working in other cities across the world, and what and how they're enforcing it, and how their streets are free from dog waste. Um, and so, be dedicated for six months looking at those solutions, and then coming up with a list of things that we can trial here. We have trials of the things, you know, we have awareness campaigns. I would argue that we don't scrutinise them or analyse them effectively. Um, we've had the sort of o- the trial audio response as well that we're, we're waiting for a report on. Um, but we do need to look at those more innovative solutions. As I said, we need more bins yeah. as a start. We need more wardens. We need more enforcement. Um, and then we need those sort of technological and innovative solutions like DNA testing, um, like dog drones is another thing that's been used. So you can sort of um, identify the hotspots and then target your resources very, very effectively. Um, in Taiwan, again, very extreme, but uh, mm. they give a lotto ticket to anyone who brings a, bo- a dog, a bag of dog waste back to the council. So, I thought you were going to say um, it brings a dog back it? to the council. But there's lots of innovative stuff uh, happening around the world. Some of it, you know, quite complicated in terms of uh, drones. Others uh, a lot less complicated, uh, it strikes me. And I'd love to hear the views of some people at home particularly that idea they've looked at in Spain and getting people out having to clean the streets themselves uh, on 53106 that is the text number but Claire mentioned uh, people who may be using wheelchairs and people who may be visually impaired and how they are impacted by all of this well Jade McCormack is in the latter camp uh, visually impaired and she joins me now Jade you're very welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to, to speak to us how does this problem affect you on a daily basis? Uh, thank you, Kieran. So, firstly, yes, I am a long cane user. I'm visually impaired, but I'm also um, in the parent with a buggy bracket as well. Um, so, I, I not only have my cane to deal with, but imagine pushing a buggy and not being able to see and trying to clean the wheels of your daughter's pram. Oh God, I, I can't. So I, clean, cleaning those wheels is a curse at the, the best of times. Yeah. So, I mean, it must be a real problem. It, well, she's three now, so thankfully we don't use it as much, but it is. And I mean, using a cane for me, um, like if I'm walking down the street and a cane is an obstacle detector. So unfortunately, it will go through the the dog foul. And if I have to then go somewhere, like say to an appointment or to somewhere public and you're dragging that in and you don't realize it, like you're bringing it into somewhere where mm. it really doesn't need to be. And people don't see the bigger picture and think of that, you know, when when they're letting their dog loose. (laughs) And I mean, is is there, from your point of view, then a reliance on your three-year-old as well sometimes to kind of flag it with you? Listen, mum, we've kind of, I've stepped in dog poo, you've stepped in it, the cane has gone through it. No, she she will always say, mommy, there's dog poo. (laughs) Okay, she'll let you know. She will and she'll she'll kind of, it's there and and I'll kind of know then to, to step around it, but... It shouldn't have to be up to my three-year-old daughter. Yeah, no, it absolutely... You know, if, if, if there was, and I mean, this is why NCBI have launched their uh, Clear Our Path campaign to get people to think more about obstacles that might be on a footpath or obstruct, obstructing a way for not only just people who are blind or vision impaired, but again, wheelchair users, parents with buggies. 
Um, so I mean, that's they're they're encouraging people to take pictures and use the hashtag Clear Our Path. And I mean, how frustrating is it then when you hear figures like the like these that have been compiled by the National Council for the Blind today, Jade? That you've got these local authorities all over the country, eleven of them that haven't issued a single fine. And as Claire said, I think we can agree it's not because uh, uh, there's a lack of dog poo in 11 counties in Ireland. I don't know. So, so I read the figures and it, it more baffles me why some councils haven't provided a figure. Yeah, I suspect that they don't even know. It's, it's they don't know. So, lo- so low is the figure, obviously. <laughs> maybe, but you'd wonder, are, figure, are fines actually being issued but not being paid? Hmm. Well, That's the other side of it. Well, whatever the answer to that question, I think it's not working. We, we can agree it's not working. And no, it's not working. It, it begs the question I've, as to what to do. Have you a view of what what should be done, Jade? Um. Well, I I like the idea of the, you know, if if you're fined, you go clean the streets yourself. But add a blindfold to it, and then you can see how hard it is to actually navigate dog poo on a daily basis when you can't see and you don't know what's there until you can smell it mm. or somebody says to you sorry you have poo on your shoe or like you know you'd feel it on and, and unfortunately this has happened where I've been in a situation where I folded up my cane and felt it at the end of it I'm like, oh god like you know there's nothing worse than it yeah I can't imagine and especially when yeah when it's not even your dog you know. No, yeah, exactly. That's one thing to have to clean up after your own, but to have to clean up your hands and the cane and wherever it's been dragged mm-hmm. into the house when you don't know what dog might have left it. Uh, worse yeah, still. No, it's, it's not, not a pleasant, pleasant experience. I can't imagine it will be Jade. Thanks a million uh, for taking the time to speak to us, putting it in context, stark context for people uh, uh, with the, the reality of what it's like to have dog poo scattered around these streets. Uh, Jade McCormack, uh, as she said, she is visually impaired, pushing a buggy as well, uh, sometimes not as often as she, as she used to, uh, but she's still pushing a buggy sometimes and the problems that all that dog poo creates. And before Jade, we spoke to Claire Byrne, Dublin City Councillor, uh, with the Green Party. A lot of people getting in touch, uh, like uh, Laura in County Meath, who says, considering all dogs should by bylaw be microchipped litter wardens should carry a microchip scanner it takes five seconds to scan the dog it will then be attached to a database those people should be liable for a fine we need joined up thinking and deck says unless the warden catches the person in the act what can they do dna testing takes forever with humans so it won't work for dogs the threat of the dog being confiscated until the fine is paid is the only deterrent that would work deck might have a a a a Hit the nail on the head there in terms of the problems uh, with backlogs and DNA testing, given the amount of dog poo that's on the streets. I have to say, I really like what they're doing in parts of Spain, as Claire told us. Restorative justice. You catch people in it. You don't just find them. You get them out. You put the high-vis jacket on them. You give them a pooper scooper and they have to walk the city streets. Imagine how embarrassing that would be for little Lord Fauntleroy's out there to have to walk around their local neighbourhood picking up dog poo. I'd be fairly confident they wouldn't let the dog uh, uh, soil the footpath uh, quite as quickly again in the future. Let me know what you think. 53106. Now, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show David McElgan. David was the winner of the cash machine today. €76,547.26 winging its way into David's account. David, how do you feel? Oh, I like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting proud of it. I, I'm, I'm my legs are weak. I haven't come around yet. Uh, tell me, when, when, when the phone rang, um, did, you, did you suspect it might be the cash machine? Did you kind of answer it without thinking? What, what was going through your mind? 
I, I was on the phone with a friend of mine and I just hung up and it rang. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you so, answered, you, you answered the question. Had you written down somewhere? I had written, I, I, my pockets are full of piece of paper because I, I, I do this every day. <laughs> and I just, I was just panicking that I had the right one. Because once three o'clock passed, I thought, well, that's another day out of the way. <laughs> so I had to frantically rummage and, had, and luckily enough, he did, um, he did frighten me. He asked me to call out a couple of times. <laughs> but, uh, uh, play, play, playing games with you uh, I yeah, think is, is what he was doing I mean yeah. ha, have you the money spent in your head already David uh, you'll have to ask my wife <laughs> she's, she's inside scribbling frankly on some paper <laughs> was, was, she, was she with you at the time was she listening to the radio did you, did you no, get to break no, the news no. to her how did it all work no I was at work uh, painting rain is in a school that they'll have to paint themselves now <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so did you get did you get to ring her afterwards and tell her? I did, and she wouldn't answer. She, she's uh, she's a nurse. She's going in on nights. So. Oh yeah, so she said, "Well, what, what what is he waking me up for here? I need to get a exactly, few hours yeah. kit before yeah. uh, going into work." Well, yeah. listen, um, I'm sure I'm sure. Listen, there's kind of worthy things you need to spend the money, and I hope you kind of treat yourselves a little bit as well. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I treat myself tonight, honey. That's for sure. That's it. I like I like the sound of that, David. <laughs> and listen, congratulations, and it's All great right. to hear uh, seventy six thousand so five hundred and forty seven euro twenty six cent uh, on its way to David's account. You could be the very next winner of the cash machine here on the Hard Show the summer cash machine because we're going to reload it after five o'clock so stay listening I'll let you know how to enter uh, the competition Uh, but right now though I want to talk about uh, Dublin Airport because you might have heard in the news headlines passengers uh, flying from Dublin Airport are being advised to arrive there two hours before short haul flights and three hours before long haul trips so in other words back to the old status quo Uh, the reduced wait times comes as the DAA report a significant improvement in security screening at queue times Owen Corey is a travel and aviation journalist and he joins me now Uh, Owen it sounds like uh, the airport and airport authorities have finally gotten a handle on things is that fair? Um, pretty much, and the airport, the airlines were telling the airport to reduce that advice, early arrival advice time for quite a while now, very publicly. Lynn Ambleton, the CEO of Aer Lingus, uh, made that call to the airport. They were reluctant to do so. I suspect they just didn't want to be caught with what happened at the end of May. They had a trouble at the end of March. They thought they'd solved it and they ran into more trouble at the end of May. But the big question uh, this evening is, will passengers listen to it? Because they have been let down quite badly by Dublin Airport advice twice in the recent past. So, so I mean, your suspicion is that people will still maybe err on the side of caution? Very much. That's what's been happening. More than half of passengers in Dublin Airport have been turning up in advance of that advised time. That would compare, you know, you would always have about 20% of passengers arriving quite very, very early for flights, you know, to to relax a bit in the airport or whatever. But that is more than half of passengers at the moment. In some cases, five, six, seven hours in advance of their flight. It causes havoc for the security queue for rostering. You end up at a rush hour that's way ahead of the uh, rush hour for queues, which is way ahead of the rush hour for departures. And it also is causing big problems with baggage check-in. Not so much our two big airlines, Aer Lingus and Ryanair, with the self-tagging system, but some of the airlines that would have two or three departures a day having to get their check-in desk open and manned and ready for very early arriving passengers was a big problem. And is this improvement replicated around Europe? Because I know when we, you and I spoke uh, previously, when the, the queues were bad, 
you were at pains to point out, listen, it's not just Dublin Airport. Have other airports got a handle on it? Yes. Uh, the problem is that it comes in, it's a bit spotty. Dublin Airport have a very had a very straightforward response to this, that they threw numbers at uh, the problem. They got 30 extra people cleared for their security team through the summer. So from that 535 figure we had in March, it's gone to over 800 now. Now, the problems in other European countries are not just confined to the number of personnel on security. There were all sorts of problems with closed terminals as well. And we do have still sporadic problems uh, breaking out. Chipon has been very bad. Uh, Heathrow has uh, what looks like a problem that will run right through to next year where they've put a cap on departing passengers. And individual airports, particularly regional airports, where they don't have a sort of a steady flow through the year, they have a lot of staff coming on for the summer. A lot of those have hit problems in the last few weeks, but nothing like we saw at the very start of the cycle. I think a lot of things happened. People were out of practice on the security side, the airport personnel, and also people have forgotten how to pack. I think we're getting better at all of that mm-hmm. uh, as the summer progressed. And, and given we're kind of getting towards the tail end of the summer as well, I assume the hope is that we, we're not going to see those queues again, certainly not for the next few months. Dublin should be okay. The number of people they have in the security team should proof them against, for instance, a large illness breakout, uh, COVID-related breakout or even anything else. So they they are pretty firmed up. Uh, They were very reluctant to shorten the advice uh, by 30 minutes. Uh, which is what they did today. If anybody's just joined us, they you now have a two-hour advisory for mm. short haul, three-hour for for long haul. But they were l- reluctant to do that. Where the other where the problems in Dublin Airport are now still lingering on are things like uh, the airport car park, um, very close to capacity. So they're trying to manage it so they don't run into uh, problem situations there. And of course, all the other areas like uh, catering and cleaning of toilets. They say things are improving there actually getting the security uh, problem sorted means they can concentrate on other areas which are causing problems. Baggage, still an ongoing issue as well. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about baggage before I let you go, Owen. Uh, The other big complaint people have had about uh, bags going missing and and, uh, piles and piles of bags uh, at arrivals beside the carousels. How close are they to managing that problem? They need a run of three or four days of very good luck to clear it. Oddly enough, it sometimes gets cleared. For instance, we had uh, Lufthansa or a G- German uh, strike, airport strike a couple of weeks ago, and it meant that uh, they did get that breathing space to clear bags. But as the mountain has been cleared, uh, it's being joined by more bags. There are about 30 bags arriving on flights from Heathrow, which are from air passengers who were on earlier flights. A lot of the problem is in the transfer big hub airports, Heathrow, Sheepall, Toronto, Pearson is a particular problem as well. The big August uh, destinations we go like Faro, Malaga, the sun routes, the places people will be coming back from uh, from before the schools reopen. Direct point to point, there doesn't seem to be the same baggage problem there, but certainly passing through the hubs, baggage is still a problem. 
Alright Owen listen we th- appreciate uh, your time thanks a million oh, for joining us uh, Owen Corrie uh, the travel and aviation journalist there uh, on the updated uh, advice from the DAA which is uh, to arrive at the airport two hours before short haul flights and three hours before long haul trips as Owen said I know some people might still err on the side of caution but are too much on the side of caution turn up too early and you actually create a problem uh, so maybe you should heed the DAA's uh, advice a lot of people continue to get in touch on 53106 like Donald in Wicklow about dog fouling he says this is a generational issue the vast majority of offenders this is according to Donald I'm washing my hands of this punches pilot style the vast majority of offenders are older dog owners who either don't bother picking it up or just let their dogs loose so says Donald pointing at the Blue Rinse Brigade he says you are the reason there's so much dog poo on the streets guarantee you that the same people who litter says another listener are the same people as those not picking up after their dog surely employ lots of litter and foul wardens and it would be self-funding through fines time to hold these uncaring citizens accountable and here's another one I love the idea of DNA testing the dog poo we can call it CSI canine sanitary investigations I like that keep them coming on 53106 lots still to come on the show today including Jess Kelly with some digital advice The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.